We did have an amazing interview. I have to tell you, she sent me the questions late last night that she wanted to pursue. I was so impressed. The questions are really great. They were very thoughtful questions. They pointed to someone who is a thinker and someone who is reaching for, you know, the spiritual ground you and I have talked about and worked on. She comes out from that ground, the, the, the ground of self-inquiry. This is the perfect way to start your day, start your business, start your life, change your mentality, understand where your powerfulness comes from. She can help you get there. She gives great advice. She has so much wisdom, so much that you can learn from her. I feel more powerful, in control, and more creative after listening to Sabrina's podcast. I wish I were creating this podcast. Welcome to the Success with Sabrina podcast, sponsored by Time Strategic Consulting Group. Hear from successful businessmen and businesswomen and how they became successful sharing tips and techniques with you to foster change and build success with ease and flow, helping you overcome your toughest trials and biggest challenges to finally go for it and make money and create the epic life that you deserve. To get more information about our consulting, public speaking, and business success membership club, go to www.timestrategic.com. Hello and welcome to Success with Sabrina podcast. I am so honored today to have Renee Lindo on the show. I'm so excited to get going with this episode today. And um, what I do, and the reason why I was so excited to interview Renee is because it has she, she just has a career and a life that she has built for herself that is so congruent with really everything that I do with my clients, most of my clients. And so I help people that have been successful and they know they can be successful again. And I help them to create a business and a career or a professional path that is aligned with their life and their calling. And I have systems and strategies that are time-tested and that can withstand the ups and lows of an economy or a recession that hasn't even started yet. So I'm looking forward to interviewing you today, Renee. Now, Renee is a rock star stylist. She's a wife, a mother, and, and she used to be a corporate sales uh, rock star, right? Director and manager. Now, she was a sales director, right? That was the correct yeah. title. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Now she focuses on helping women to look good and feel good and to get into their power zone. I'm honored today to have you on the show, Renee. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, the name of her business is Let's Get Dressed Now. So, for those of you that are going to be listening on the replay or listening on the podcast, you can go to her website and find out more about Let's Get Dressed Now. So, yes, thanks, Sabrina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yes. I love I love listening to you um, when I was able to listen to the video that you did with Coach Rick on YouTube and following you on Instagram and just seeing what you're up to and just seeing you're evolving into this woman that you're becoming now and the business <laughs> that you're creating. And so, Renee, one of my favorite success quotes is, and it's by Thomas Merton. Um, and what he says is that people may spend their whole lives 
climbing the ladder of success only to find once they reach the top that the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. Yes. What a, what an interesting way of putting it, really. Is that what you found yourself, like, after a while, um, dedicating yourself towards this career that you realized? What was it for you? Like, what was the moment? That, that, that quote that you shared is exactly what I say as a part of my story. Because my story is, you know, I built my career in, as a, in sales and as a sales director, built it over years, worked hard, really was very successful, and reached the top of my mountain. And when I reached the top and looked around, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm on the wrong mountain. Right. So it's so similar to to that quote, because, you know, I was successful doing well, but really it wasn't what I wanted to do. It didn't make my heart sing and it really sucked my soul. So yeah. that that quote really aligns perfectly with my journey. What was it that wasn't aligned with you? Like, um, I just didn't enjoy enjoy the work, right? I figured I knew that my skills and talents could be used in a bigger way to serve the world in a bigger way to really impact women's lives, and and that's what I wanted to do. You know, I was as a sales leader, I had reps across Canada who I would coach and help to sell into with positions, but that just wasn't. Um, it was not. It was not. I was no longer passionate about that. Right. I, I really love fashion and style and helping women to look good and feel good, as you mentioned, which allows us to put our hands up for more, right? To say yes to more, to negotiate for ourselves, to really feel confident in what we set out to do. And so I felt that if I could use my skills and talents in that arena to help women to show up better, because at my level, I didn't see there were no there was no other woman in my company at my level. So I knew that, it, you know, is it confidence? Is it that we needed help, you know, understanding our true value and what we can contribute? And so I said, my vehicle is style. Because right? I knew that, I know that when I am dressed, when I look fabulous, when I feel great, I'm unstoppable, right? And if I can help women to accomplish that in their lives, that I felt I'd really be serving the world. Yeah. Yeah, now let me ask you this, because I'm curious, like, so when you... When you made the switch, right, before you made the switch, were you already kind of doing that anyways as a hobby or like, you know, not necessarily gaining clients and building your business slowly, but was that something that was already part of your reality? Yes, that was part of my reality, right? I wasn't charging for it, but friends would always come to me for help and suggestions. What do you think? Um, A friend had a wedding to go to and she wanted a dress and I didn't even ask what I went out and found the dress for and then found the accessories and she looked fabulous when she when she ended up but when she finally went so I just loved doing that um even in university I'd help some of my friends get dressed to go out um, even my direct reports as a sales director I would take them shopping and really help them to put a wardrobe together that really spoke to who they are because that's also the important part right you don't just want to get dressed and look like somebody else or what you think you should look like because of your job but how you look and how you're dressed really should align with your personal brand. It should align with who you are, how you want to introduce yourself to the world. And so that's a big part of what I do is really drilling down to what that is to help you to show up as your best and highest self. Love that. Love that. Now, Renee, what is your favorite success quote? And you don't have to say word by word, but what was your takeaway? Like a, a quote um, that goes around success that really hit home for you? So a successful that I think about all the time is you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And it's uh, Wayne Gretzky, right? I mean, I guess with my sales background as well, 
you know, you have to, you have to keep taking your shots. You have to keep asking, you have to keep going for it. Um, you just have to shoot your shot. You just never know, right? Sometimes we're afraid to ask because you know, we don't want people to think us. We may think a certain thing or maybe too aggressive. But if you don't ask, the answer is always no, right? And you're no further along than where you were. And if, and if the answer was no, that's okay. It was no before. But at least you open yourself up to the opportunity of it being a yes. Yes. And taking it more lightly, perhaps, right? Because I think that until we build up that confidence, those no's can really like take us down. But the yeah. way I look at no's, because I've been in sales for so long too, and the way I look at no's is basically people telling me, not now, not this way, right? Yeah, but that right. doesn't mean that it can't change, right? Exactly. That is so that is so true. Maybe not now, not but later, not right now. Maybe I, or also I need more information. Let me to understand how your solution is going to help me. Right. So no, no, just no doesn't mean never. Just as you said, just maybe not right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, what are your personal conditions uh, for for satisfaction? Like what are the things that you feel that you have now in your life that you weren't able to, to live or experience before in your corporate job? So I am um, definitely a big thing for me is being able to own my time. Right. That's one of the things that I see that I think of as being successful. I wanted to own my time. I want to really, uh, you know, determine how I spend my time. Success to me is doing what I want to do, when I want to do, and with whom I want to do it. Yes. All right. Not having to do something because somebody tells me I have to. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I have children, so I want to be able to spend time with them, create memories with my children. And in my corporate job, it was just so difficult. Like on a Sunday in our house was awful because I was miserable because the next day was work. And I didn't want my children to have that as their memory of what mom was. Mom was always miserable. Mom was always arguing. Mom is always yelling, right? So I said, if I wanted to change that, then I had to do something. Uh-huh. And so that's where the how the, the shift came and, about. And, and, you know, for, for our audience, because most of our audience is business owners, and, and sometimes when we say, like, oh, I wanted to own my time um, and not work so hard, sometimes, like, they might be grinching right now and thinking, like, oh, uh, no. as an entrepreneur, you're working harder. What's the difference between working hard at a job and working hard as owning your time? Like, what is the difference, especially when it comes to being there for your family? Yeah, I, the difference for me with owning my time is I can determine when I'm going to work. I, I, I can do my blocks, determine when and fit it around my life. No, it doesn't happen all the time, right? There's still stuff that I'm missing or I'll miss because I have a big deadline or I'm working on something or I have to appear somewhere. But at least it's in, it is in my control. When you're with corporate, right? You're on somebody else's clock. You're on somebody else's dime. So you really have to do what they want, travel when they want, be spend this amount of time here. Whereas you you have more control as a business owner. I'm not saying that means that you're working less and you're working nine to three every day. No, as an entrepreneur, if you're building a business, you, you eat what you kill, right? So if you're not killing anything, you're not eating. <laughs> so, um, you know, you, you, you work harder for sure, especially when you're starting out. You are grinding and you are making connections, you're building relationships, you're understanding the business better. So all of those things take time, knowledge, Right. And it's you're working hard. I, I put in 12 hour days. I mean, uh, regularly. Yeah. But if you want to be there for the soccer game or whatever yeah. it is, you're free to do so. Right. Yes, right. You can you balance around, you schedule around. You have more flexibility. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Now, you know, part of what we do here in this podcast is to really define what success means to ourselves so that we actually dedicate ourselves in building this business or career um, or professional path that is actually going to resonate, right? It's going to be aligned with who we are. And the first step for that is to define what is success for you? Yeah. So I mentioned it, you know, being able to own my time, um, something that I that I really try to to guard off is my weekends. I try not to um, work on my weekends, but I guess success for me is to be being able to do do something that I love, using my skills, background, talents, doing what I love that serves others and helps them to be their best selves. Really, I think that is kind of it's in a nutshell. Working in my zone of genius that helps others to be looking to, to be great. Uh-huh. Is, is, is what I see as my success. What was your life like before you considered yourself successful? Um, before. So I don't know, success is, you know, we all have our own definitions and different definitions of success. But I guess before I considered myself successful, it was just, you know, you're going to work every day and you're always want, I was felt like you were, you were wanting more. You wanted to be more. You wanted to do more. You wanted to make more money. You wanted to be able to take this trip. Always you know, there was this yearning for more, I guess, is in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Has that yearning mm-hmm. stopped or changed a little bit? Well, I guess it's changed a bit because some of those things now I can, you know, I'm not yearning as much if I want to do things, usually we can. Um, but you're still striving, right? If you're not, because my thing is after you accomplish one goal, what's the next goal, right? That's something that I have to work on. Actually, I don't spend enough time in celebrating my accomplishments. I'm like, okay, it's done. What's next? And try to, and then kind of move on to the next thing. But it has changed. I mean, there's still goals as you meet, as you reach one goal, you try to move on to something else. But I guess it's different because it's not as like I don't feel as deprived. Oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. Right? I'm grateful for what I have. I know what I have, and then we can do things that we want now. Yeah, yeah. Now you say that you can help people to achieve success, right? And the first step for them, what is it? Like, what would you say, where do they begin? Like, let's say they're at a place that they're not, I guess, like satisfied yet, right? Like they want to get somewhere else. They want to improve. They want to grow. What would you say you can do for this person? So uh, I guess you're speaking in terms of their clothing or how they appear uh, as it relates to my business. So I think what's, um, what's very, one of the first steps, with the clients that I work with is really getting clear on who you are. How do you want to project yourself to the world? What is it that you want people to know about you? Because remember, how you appear, your image is the first thing that people see. It's the first, you know, people make decisions about us quickly in the first seven seconds. I'd even say even quicker than that now, but the data says in the first seven seconds, they decide if you're trustworthy, if you're competent, if you, if they're going to do business with you. So a, a lot of it has to do with your appearance, right? It, it, how you look is, or sorry, nonverbal cues are four times more impactful than anything you can say or do. So I, the, one of the first steps I do, I take with clients is to just help them to get clear on who are they, who are they? What are they trying to communicate? How do they want the world to see them, right? So we go through a whole, you know, I have worksheets and workbooks that we work through on that, answer some questions just to really get, clear some some really deep diving have them visualize as well kind of who is this woman that they are striving to become Mm -hmm. 
Now, some women, they might be thinking, oh, but I don't want to focus on that because, you know, that's superficial, right? Mm -hmm. Like, at least like I went through this phase that I was just like, you know, I've always loved to read and I wanted to, you know, learn. And and so, you know, the way I looked wasn't really top priority, you know. And I remember I had girlfriends that loved shopping, you know, and I just, I just, it wasn't my thing, right? Yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. I would just say uh, to women like that, that think like, oh, but I don't know. Like, I just don't want people to budge me like this. And yeah. to, and to me, right? yes, like, you know, the relationship by the way I, I dress or the way I look. And I, and I've heard that before people think that, you know, I'm a good person. I bring value. I do good work. I am a high achiever. So I should be judged on that. And in an ideal world, world sure right we should be but that's just not the reality reality is that we're we all do it we all we see people and we make we make judgments right away the data the data does su- suggest the data shows us that um and no matter what part of life we're in they people see you they see you on the road they see you anywhere and they make us they make judgments so uh it's just and i'm not saying that you're gonna get dressed up every day in a three-piece suit all i'm saying is that and, and you control the narrative. You control what you want to communicate. Your clothing is one of your biggest communication tools. Right? As I said, if you think of a product, it's your, how you look, this is your packaging, right? When you, have, when you have products on a shelf and you go to a store, what is attractive? It's the packaging that you see first before you get into the product and are able to enjoy it and see how great it is and how delicious or whatever, whatever it is you're looking for. It's the packaging that you notice first. And it's the same thing with how we package ourselves, yeah. right? And it's it's our outward appearance. It's always fascinated me, even perfumes that you buy, right? Because sometimes they come in such beautiful bottles, like yeah. they're yeah. gorgeous to look at. Yeah. Right? right, yeah. Marketing spends a lot of time on the packaging, right? Yeah. And that is a part, is a part of your brand. Yeah, Pack- It is a part of your brand. It's how you wrap up all of your, so you wrap everything up that you have to offer. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, some women might be thinking also, like, you know, this thing about, like, you know, hiring, like, a personal stylist. Like, I just feel like I'm not there yet. Like, you know, is this something that only, like, actresses or, like, maybe, like, you know, celebrities do? Yes, and that's a good point. I, I get, I hear that to people think it's just for, you know, high rollers, you know, celebrities, as you say, movie stars. But I'm here to tell you, a uh, personal stylist can help you in so many ways. My my usual clients are not um, celebrities or movie stars. My clients are car- everyday career women who are building their careers, whether they're on a career path and want to move up and progress and know that they have to present mm-hmm. themselves in a, in a different way, maybe a more formal way, or for whatever job they're going for, they know that their image has to be reflective of that. Because you really, as we've heard it before, you dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And also, my yes. clients are also women who are going through a transition. So it could be whether they are just divorced or they got married, whether they've gained weight or lost weight. So women who are going through some type of transition in life as well, or they just know they're in a style rut or they, they're not projecting as their best selves. And so they, they turn to me for some help. And I help women in all aspects from, you know, I usually start in the closet. So we'll start in the closet, you get clean out all the stuff that does not work, serve you, that no longer works for you. I know that we have stuff in our closet maybe 20, 30 years, and we have tons of sentimental sentiments wrapped up around stuff. But if it no longer serves your lifestyle, it doesn't fit anymore, 
it's probably not something that you because that you should keep because it ends up with a closet that is so full, but yeah. you have nothing to wear. Yeah. Right. You so know, anything. Yeah. Go ahead. I love where you're going with this because, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a minimalist. You know, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I wish I was, but I'm not, you know, yeah. but I have held on to things uh, that I wanted to say for that special occasion or whatever, you know. How many of us really do this? You know, we yes. say China, uh, you know, the nice China or whatever, silverware, right? For that special day or that dress that you're going to wear on the special occasion. And I remember I actually purchased a candle and um, and it was just like a beautiful candle. You know, it was just gorgeous, right? And um, and I had it like on my exchange year in Denmark, like while I was an exchange student oh. for the whole year. So it was like really special to me. And and I heard someone talk about this on a TED talk recently. And I was like, oh my gosh, that happened to me. You know, mm. I had this candle, right, for years. And it was in this packaging. And I just didn't want to use it because I was always saving it, right, for that special day or whatever, right? And what happened is that it melted. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes- the same thing happens with your clothing, right? I've had kind of give. They keep their clothes for so long. Sometimes it's dry rot by the time you try to put it on. Or if you have shoes for a long time, you put put it on the bottom, it detaches, right? Um, sometimes you have these things that you're saving. But saving for what? Every day is such a special day. It's a special time to be alive, right? And we can dress and feel. And, you know, think about it as well. We're dressing for ourselves, too, yeah. because it really affects how we feel, which is why during this time of, pandemic and lockdown and people are talking about rolling out to bed and just wearing you know having their pajamas on all day and working in that i really encourage folks to get dressed because when you take the time and you get dressed you feel better right it does something for you you're not dressing for others necessarily you're dressing for you you're dressing for how it makes you feel that energy gives you and studies also support that you're more productive you're in the mindset of doing work yes right so you're more productive when you get dressed so think about that where you are dressing for you as well. It, it, I mean, it changes your vibe. You become high vibe and you really feel good. And yeah. I, and it happened to me as well. When I used to work from, well, I worked from home before as a sales director. Some of the days where I just kept my, my comfy clothes on, it was so much easier for me to just kind of be lazy around and fall asleep on the couch and or recline. Sleepy. Right? Yes, yeah. like you put your makeup on. It yeah. just seems like you're not as sleepy, huh? Yes, but when I get dressed, there's no way it doesn't even cross my mind to be sleepy. It doesn't even cross my mind to kind of laze and doze off. And it also um, is an opportunity for you to create boundaries because working from home, sometimes work can, can creep into our, our home life. So when you get dressed, as soon as you take off your work clothes, work is done, right? Yeah, and then you transition the Yeah, head. you make a transition. Exactly, right? You put on your home clothes, you're, you're no, no longer working. So yeah. clothing is very powerful. Yes, absolutely. I actually wore this in 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 your um, honor, you know. Because so, listen to this. So, this was the first time that I got a compliment that I was like, really, like I mean, oh. I've compliments about what I wear before, but I was in the gas station. Listen to this. I live in Miami. I was in the gas station pumping the gas, right? And I was wearing this dress. Okay, so I'm gonna turn. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, and I was wearing just like I'm wearing it today, which I not don't normally do this because Miami is so hot. You know, it has this undershirt underneath. and But it's just something that I, I play around with, like, things yeah. sometimes. And this lady stopped to put gas in her car. And she was like, oh, my gosh, you look so, I love, like, everything about you. Oh, yeah. 
And she just went on and on about it. And I was like, wow, like, you know, it's interesting how also like taste is different, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes like your favorite meal, like that you cook, is not going to be the same one that your family is going to appreciate. Exactly. It goes for for clothing too. So So when I hear you talking about like, stay true to yourself, like, first of all, find out who you are know yeah. what your style is, and then own it. Like, you know, don't be... Exactly. Let me tell you, and, and it's so attractive, right? When you own your personal style and who you are, it is such a powerful place to be. People are attracted to that, right? We don't want everybody being the same. The fact that you're different is really what you're... That's your secret sauce. That is what is so attractive. That is what people love. And it gives others... When people see you shining in your uniqueness and in your gifts and your differences it also gives them strength to do that for themselves yeah so and part of this going back to what we were talking about early Renee is that you know you have to really start to really stay true to yourself and really work with something that's more considered your soul work right Mm. that's going to give you the energy how are you going to face your problems um you know when they come, because they do come, right? Yes, they do. You're actually on the right path. When you feel that you are on the right path, out of a sudden, you're not so such in a hurry for that destination because yes. the journey is a joy, right? right? You're enjoying the journey, yes. Yes, yes. yes. So yes. going so back true. to the soul work, you know, a lot of what we believe is that fulfillment comes when we work with our soul work. Do you consider this to be your soul work? Yes, I, I really think so. <clears throat> and I say that because I I just love it. I could do this all day long. I can be when I'm shopping for clients virtually, because I, I have a I have all my clients have a virtual closet and I will shop for them. They'll put their what they have already. I'll find new items, make new outfits for them in their in their style, in their closet and make lookbooks. So when I'm doing that, I I just so love it. I can spend hours, you know, shopping for clients and putting outfits together. I, I spend time when I'm with clients, really helping them to understand how to dress their body. And it really brings me joy. So I believe, I truly believe this is my soul work. I love when I hear that, because I think when we truly do what we love, like we, we like, you know, sometimes I have my clients like in my morning meditations uh, where I'm just thinking about them and, and resonating. Mm. Like, what is it that it's showing up right now? You know, and it's like such a joyous work that for me, you know, it's a pleasure to have them in my meditation, right? Yes, like, yes, and, and I yes. hear you saying, like, you know, I spend time, I really customize everything, I really take that yes. client, and I look yes. at that client, and you know, and you create that relationship, right? Yeah, because really, I mean, we're all we are all different, right? Our body shapes are different. Um, women are different, even though we have some usual body shapes, we all fit it differently. No woman is a cookie cutter. So we have to be able to understand how to dress our bodies so that we look our best every time that we show up and not try to squeeze ourselves into something we see in a store that may be the trend or the new thing. But if it doesn't work for you, then it's not for you, right? Let that go and really wear things that accentuate your assets. Yes, absolutely. And and you've got to know what your assets are, right? Before you can accentuate them. And that's the work that you be helping people to discover. Yes. Also, exactly. let's go to the stories that we tell ourselves, right? Because oh. I think we grew up with like certain things that maybe we hold on to. That, that is so powerful. Seeing it, right? That like, is so powerful. That is so powerful. A part of my, because I do have, I have an eight-week style coaching program as well. And one of the exercises in there 
is um, when we, we, we talk about the, the body part that we hate. Because uh, we, women, we always have a body part that we hate. And we're like, oh, you're, my legs are too fat or my knees are fat or whatever that is. And I'm here to tell you, every time we do this, nobody, the, the, point, the, the body part that you hate and that you talk about, nobody even noticed it. <laughs> and if they did, because when I went through that exercise myself with another woman, I think my hips were my part. And she said, oh, my God, when I saw you coming in, I said, wow, she has such a great shape. Yeah. Right. And for her, she hated her arms. And I said, oh, my goodness, but I didn't even notice your arms. They look so slim. So all of a lot of these stories that we tell ourselves, a lot of the way we feel about body are because of stories we tell ourselves. Or maybe when we were younger as children, things that were said to us that we took to be true. Right. Or maybe a, a, a teenager was being mean or a kid's being mean or something your parents said to you, you, know, you can't wear this color or you can't wear it because of X. And then we take that on to be real. And then when you think about it, no, it's not. Right? <laughs> not at all. But what we have brought, we have bought into these stories. We've made them real. Yeah. Right. And so we, and that makes it so limiting, right? It creates limiting beliefs for what we can do and what we should wear and how we should look. Yeah. You reminded me of this thing that happened. So, you know, my first love, right? Like he grew up with sisters. It was three sisters and him. And we were so young, you know, I think we were like nine years old or something, you know, and we're walking to school together because we were neighbors. And I remember he, he looked at me and, and he looked at my legs and he said, oh, you don't shave your legs. Like it's so hairy, you know? And I came home crying that day and telling my mom, how come you never told me to shave my legs? <laughs> And my mom but was like, nine, you it's know? so funny because, you know, we were talking about this recently and my mom was like, I just wanted you to be a child for a little yes. longer, you know, like, so she was preserving that, you know, that innocence, right? Yes. He grew up with all the sisters. He probably saw his sister shaving. shaving. It was exactly. the comment that he made, right? And that just like, you know, it was like crazy. So sometimes yeah. we hear things and it just stick to us, right? Exactly. I in my coaching program, I call those things, you know, things that you just like, you really cannot let go and it becomes like something that you carry on. Mm. And memories are actually something that you, they're really flexible. Like something that happened a year ago and your takeaway right now is going to be different if you look at that event five years from now. Yes. Right? So memories yeah. are flexible, right? And we rely mm. so much on our memories, you know, and sometimes they really don't serve us. I, I watched those, you know, documentaries about people that are sharing like, uh, you know, testimonies and things like that. Right. And I, and they were like, yeah, on that day, you know, this happened and they're so detailed. And I'm thinking like, what did you have for dinner last night? <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, they thought, <laughs> we think about it, like, you know, yeah. like you don't even remember. Right. Yeah. Crazy. yeah. Exactly. exactly. Talk a lot about confidence, you know, and you guys, <clears throat> you all know, you that follow me, you know, that I talk so much about that. It has to come from within. But here's the thing, that level of confidence, it's almost like, you know, the things that we want so much and that we don't have it yet, it's perfect features because they keep us humble and they helps us to connect with a deeper part of us. We should be grateful for all of the things that we want so bad, but we don't have it yet because yes. these are our biggest teachers, right? Yes, now, absolutely. It's working on our confidence that comes from within. It's a working process, you know. If you can do something on the outside to give it a little extra help, why not? <laughs> right? That's right. That's right. That's how I see it. That's right. 
why do you think women struggle with this? Like, and why, what is it that the thing about it that keeps them so like confused and struggling? I think, I think, you know, there's, there are several, there could be several answers because of all of our experiences. But I think as women, a lot of times we compare ourselves, you know, we have this comparison thing and we compare ourselves. We're always looking at the Instagram IG reel. And it's really a highlight reel, right? People forget, fail to realize that people only put on social media what they want you to know. They don't put their entire life story, right? right? And so we compare ourselves, we compare our day one to people's uh, five year, right? And think that we're not good enough and not as good as. Um, And also it could be stories that that we've heard in our, that get into our mind and our mindset. uh, Stories that people have told us or things that we bought into. And also, I think <clears throat> as women, <clears throat> sorry, women in our career, a lot of times we feel that we have to, we have to check all the boxes. Like for a job, a job opening, we feel like we have to check all the boxes for everything that they want in that job description before we even apply. Whereas men, they'll check, I'll say, oh yeah, they'll see two things that they can do, and they'll say, oh yeah, I can do this, and they're in a, they're up, they'll apply. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's uh, it's really our mindset, and to, for us to be to to really own the fact that we have value, and what is our value, and being able to say, hey, you know, I'm worth this. I'm going to put my hands up for that project, and it's difficult, right? Because as you say, confidence is something that is built over time, right? It, it's and my thing is, I really see confidence as two front, um, in terms of you have to believe. So it's internal. Something you have to you have to believe or know that you can do whatever that action is or that task or what have you. Um, and then the second part is action. You have to take action on whatever it is, even if it's not perfect, but it is at least a first step. And each time you take that step to step further outside of your comfort zone, to do something new, to <clears throat> be a little bit better, each time you do that, you build what I call that confidence muscle. Right? I see it as a muscle. If you don't use it, if you just think about, oh, yeah, I think I can do that. But it's in the execution that we build our confidence. Absolutely. I love that. Love it so much. This is like powerful, you guys. Really like. um, Now, Renee, how do you break the mold? Like, how do you actually go against the mainstream? Well, I have a very strong faith. So that's the first thing about me. I have a very strong faith. And so I pray a lot. I um, try to get quiet. Listen to what. You know, I ask, I, I speak to God. I ask him to speak into my life. I ask to be obedient. Mm-hmm. And to break the mold, I think it really has to be do with a lot of introspection, understanding what you want for your life, mm-hmm. right? And not just to go along with what other people t- tell you that your life should be, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I think it's important to think, lean into what you love, what you enjoy. Look at those skills and talents and how what you can offer the world. And break the mold. I felt like I broke the mold in that I walked away from a very high-powered, top-level job. Uh, you know, great money, benefits. I mean, everything, right? Expense report, account. It's what I call the golden handcuffs. I walked away from that because it, it no longer served my soul. It no longer was satisfying to me. And I wanted to create, I wanted to have a life that I enjoyed. I wasn't just existing in that life, but a life that I was truly engaged with mm-hmm. and passionate about and also could help folks. So I, I, you know, I said, that's great. And people thought would think I'm crazy, right? Because how do you look, how do you have 
all of this, all of that, whatever all of that is, and then walk away from it. Yeah. And being at, and when you're at the top as well. Yeah. But it just wasn't what I wanted. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, it it, it it almost like the way I look at this is like, you know, if, if we're thinking about, you know, crossing that, that, that water, right? And we're thinking like, we, we just wish the water would just open up as we go. But normally what it happens is it doesn't open up until you're almost drowning, right? Until it's yes. over your head, you know? And sometimes we feel like, you know, oh, maybe I should have done differently. You know, maybe I should have saved up. And then open my business and, you know, then maybe the ride would have been a little bit more smooth, whatever it is. But the truth is that, you know, sometimes like we just have to take the courage, right? And take exactly. Faith, like just. Sabrina, that is such a big it. point. That is such and, a big point. And when are you going to, you know, when, it, you know, with the, the like, the, it's a trap today, really, like how, how we live and the cost of living, right? Like I. I feel bad unless something dramatically changes. I don't know what our kids are going to do because like mm-hmm. living in some cities like Miami, you know, in California, New York, mm-hmm. it's like, how can the young people even afford how? Like housing. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. Bad. It's and so, you know, the, the situations are sometimes not going to be ideal. You're not going to be ready. It's almost like having a kid, right? Like you yeah. can never be There's ready. never a right time, right? But There's you just no- make the time right. There's never a right time, but you make the time right. And yeah. it's such a good point about, you know, that to, to take a step because you just never know. And as I said, um, um, my faith is strong. So my thing was, you know, I, I would really believe that faith is a, is an action. Faith is a verb, right? You can't say, yes, I have faith and you don't do anything, right? You have to take that step. And when you take the step, you know, it's surprising that when you take a step and you're just asking for light for the next step, just to put the, that one foot in front of the other, you may not see the entire um process in front of you. you won't see the entire journey but that is that faith to just keep taking that step keep taking a step and i think i heard this somewhere that you know when you get in your car to drive you're going to leave from the restaurant to get home you don't have the way lit all the way home each one of the meters you drive your car lights only give you light for a certain amount then you as you keep driving the light the light your journey is lit Right. So this is the, the, the point is that you have to just keep taking that step, keep taking that step on your journey. Love it. You guys, we're talking to Renee Lindo today and her website is let's get dressed And for you to check it out, Renee, we're coming uh, up towards the end here of this wonderful, delightful conversation with you about confidence that comes from the within and how you can boost it on the outside and you don't have to choose, you know, either one or the other. You got to work yeah. on both at the same yeah. time, right? Yeah. And so what is it that you want to leave all the listeners with that you would like them to know about you and your business? Uh, what is the biggest takeaway that they should be getting? Um, the biggest takeaway with your style is that just remember that you're, you are your personal brand, right? You, how you show up in the world, how you are dressed, your image, that is how people know you. They, they make decisions about you. So it's important that you determine, you you control that narrative. You determine how you want people to know you, to meet you, what you want them to think about you. Just like any brand that we deal with in the world, what is the experience you want people to have from you? Um, you know, I'm available if you want to chat further. I'm available, whether it's from, you know, one-on-one with your closets to helping you put your outfits together. And I also have an eight-week style coaching program called Your Style Story Mastered 
which would go through all the elements of a story, which is your style story, to get you to really put together a concise, confident style story so that you project exactly the story that you want to tell, right? Yeah. And it's an alignment with your personal brand. I love that. Guys, I know we didn't even cover everything. I know you might be having questions. What about color? What about this? What yes. about, what about yes. the hair? You know, like. Exactly. So, we, yeah. We, do you do, like, you know, the hair styling tour? Is it just the clothes? Like, whatever questions you have for Renee, just send her an email. Yes, so, definitely. Sure. Colors. I'm a big fan of color. Color is so important. It brightens your face, it makes you look alive. And wearing the right colors really are key. And those are some of the things that we cover in that eight-week program. So yes, I'd love to chat with you. I, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Renee Lindo on LinkedIn. You can find me there to so connect with me there as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Renee, for being yes. on the show today. Yes, thank yes. you, Sabrina. This was awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today. To join our free Facebook group and access the links and resources mentioned in the shows, and much more, go to www.sabrina-gagnon.com. That is G-A-G-N-O-N. You will become a member of a private Facebook group dedicated to providing the best practices, skills, and strategies to grow your business. And remember, we all have natural advantages that comes from our instinctive power. You are perfectly created to accomplish so much. Let's challenge the status quo and create a business and life you love. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.